from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Podcast episode 210. Love the loincloth, bro. I'm your host, Ryan. <laughs> and this is Robert. And welcome back, everyone. I purposely <laughs> did not tell Robert or our special guest <laughs> what the title of these episodes were going to be. <laughs> I wanted a natural reaction. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. Um, I am not one to sport a loincloth. I don't know about you, Robert, but. Uh, uh, just on the weekends. Just on the weekends? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> At the uh, local community pool, which I'm no longer allowed to do. <laughs> I can't imagine I'm not why. sure why. <laughs> there might be a correlation, but I'm not sure yet. Might be, especially, well, when those loincloths get wet, it's just not pretty for anyone. So Yeah, no, no, no. Um, so joining us for this episode uh, is, man, I, I didn't even, you know, I thought about looking up to see how long it's been since we've had him on, but... Yeah, it, it, it was a little scary to go that far back into the past. Uh, <laughs> so joining us is Mr. Quinn Johnson, who you may remember we had on a long time ago uh, to talk about Elders of the Runestone, uh, which, yep. which is the Kickstarter from many moons ago, and mm-hmm. I'm still waiting on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Quinn, didn't you also do? Did you talk with uh, like on a Castlevania episode? Did you guys do a Castlevania? Or was it? Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah, we did yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah. That is right. Cool. Um, I will say, I am uh, to give you some credit. I am pleased to see that there has been a lot of progress this past year on Elders of the Runestone. So. Yeah, yeah, we're just plugging away and doing the best we can and making some great progress. And so that's you know, we, you know, I hate that it takes so long. Um, but that's just that's just reality, and we do the best we can. So yeah, yeah, it really kind of kicked off. Well, right after um, that Kickstarter wrapped up, and we're like, oh, this is great, it's funded. You know, we can work work on it. And one thing that we didn't factor into the Kickstarter is that it doesn't any of the money we pulled in from Kickstarter we uh, didn't pay me or Quinn at all. 
Right. Like we didn't, we didn't get any of that money. That was more for us to account for, you know, just like trademarking costs and then uh, paying out the inker and the colorist to basically go in and, you know, finish out that work. Right. So, um, you know, none of that money ever came to Mira Quinn. Uh, but then what happened pretty shortly after that is I don't remember what project it was at the time. I think it was probably like Castle over at Marvel. And Marvel's like, hey, do you want to draw this book for the next year? And I'm, you know, it's hard for me to be like, nope, don't need <laughs> nope, your business. Sorry, you I'd know? rather do the job that's not paying me at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so we're like, all right, look, we, we'll put this on the shelf for just a bit. Like, yeah. ever since then, I don't, I don't even remember how many years it's been. It's been quite a few. But uh, it was me and Quinn always had every intention for this to happen. And we've never thought otherwise. Absolutely never yeah. thought otherwise. Yeah. Um, and then it really kicked off again. Well, and then shortly after kind of I had that work, then Quinn uh, got work with uh, with Disney, which we mm-hmm. will talk about more. But um, and so both of both of our schedules, I like, booked up very quickly, pretty shortly after. And we were, we were able to make some progress, but we weren't able to do a full, you know, four issue series, right. um, you know, after the Kickstarter wrap. So uh, that's definitely something if we were going to ever go back and do something like this again, we would just have the work done, yeah. you know, and then kickstart like the the printing cost or the shipping cost or something like that you know it, so you kind of learn as you go sure uh, when we when we had done the kickstarter well, you guys were just so long, you guys were just babies when you did when you started the thing so yeah it was like yeah. even kickstarter was brand new as well yeah, it was you know, i think yeah. people were kind of learning on the go and there were some projects that really flopped and you know some kind of horror oh. stories where people did run off with the money yeah um but like i said like a lot of that money that we pulled in there uh you know, it's been kind of paying off production slowly, but it's been paying off production on the property. Yeah. And there's, you know, that money's still there for us to you know, basically keep working on or until we uh, kind of get through that production. So uh, it's it basically was supposed to cover a four issue miniseries to kind of get the title out there. And I'm working like literally right now working on uh, inking uh, the fourth page or fifth page, fourth, fifth page. Uh, for issue four. So I was going to um, say, I did see the update was that you guys are on issue four, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yep. and at least there has been, uh, there has been updates, uh, which is, which is great. Um, uh, even if it's just, Hey, you know, sorry, it's taken so long and just, you know, there's still been talks going on and everything else. Cause I will say to your point, Robert, I did, I have had bad issues with Kickstarter. Um, mm-hmm. I had one where I funded something and never got part of my reward back. Um, and I was like, and when I reached out to the creator, he, I was basically told, well, I have to, uh, pay attention to the paying gigs before I could do anything. And I want to do this right. And I was like, okay, well, I understand that, but can you give me a rough idea? And I never heard anything back. And then like a year went by and I emailed again and said, Hey, just check in where this is. It was supposed to be like some type of, um, uh, sketch, behind the scenes sketchbook that they're supposed to get mm-hmm. the comic and right. never saw it. And then all of a sudden a second Kickstarter for that same creator came out. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, you never fulfilled the first Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and I'm not going to put a name out there just cause I don't want to talk bad about anybody uh, in that respect. Uh, but it's just, it was, it, it honestly turned me off from that creator like for good from now on. Like if I see he's yeah. on something, I won't get anything from from him because yeah. of how I was treated. So, um, but yeah, like I said, you guys have at least have provided updates. Uh, I am excited to see that we're on issue four now. 
Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll definitely be seeing that fulfillment. Well, and I think it really picked up uh, last year, especially I came out to visit Quinn. Was it just last year or was it two years ago? It was almost two years ago. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. But so I came out to Salt Lake Comic Con and Quinn was living in Salt Lake at the time. And we kind of basically sat down. We're like, this has gone too long. Like we need to, (laughs) like whatever we need to do, we need to make sure there is progress being made. And, um, I think we were in the middle of issue three at the time. So we're, so that has all been wrapped up. We're well into issue four. Like, um, now what I want to know is when will the reunion of the dark on city podcast come back? <laughs> it's been really funny because we it, it's, that's come up. Quinn's visiting me right now, which is great. So I'm living in Savannah now, and Quinn came down for the week to, to hang out. And um, it's it's kind of we've we haven't talked about let's say doing the podcast necessarily, but um, you were, I was talking about Merrill Hagen and a few of the guys we knew. And Quinn was like, "Oh yeah, he was on the podcast," and I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, that was like years ago." <laughs> yeah, and it just it made me really miss that podcast. We had so much fun. And it was just kind of nostalgic for it with us hanging out all week. Yeah. Well, I will say that uh, I did a search because I was checking something for Stargios, and I did it. So I did a search on uh, iTunes, and still in my search is like, oh, since you're looking up Stargios, you may also like these podcasts. And one of them was Dark oh. City, and it's the picture with you guys with the ninja. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the pantyhose ninjas. Yeah, the pantyhose ninjas. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Robert's there in the background, kind of like, I don't know what's going on with these guys in front of me right now. <laughs> That's pretty much how the podcast went. Right. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. That sums it up. Pretty much. So, Quinn, <laughs> uh, we will we will be covering in the next episode uh, yeah. kind of what you've been up to, because that's some big, big doings, and it's definitely worth a whole episode in and of itself. Um, but how have you been overall, like, outside of just, like, work things that you've been doing? Yeah. Things are really good. I'm actually living in San Antonio now. I've been there since the beginning of the year, and that's been a new adventure and really exciting. And yeah, just 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 keeping busy. Nice. Well, the reason we are here um, is all about the loincloth. No, uh, <laughs> it kind of is. Um, we haven't really talked about Master of the Universe as a property in a long time, and. Uh, they just re- recently Netflix came out with well, kind of related to Kickstarter actually because it started off as a Kickstarter project. Um, oh, I didn't it, know that. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. Uh, it was the Power of Grayskull uh, documentary, uh, and I only know that because uh, my buddy, one buddy Sam, uh, who's been on the podcast before, he supported the Kickstarter and mm-hmm. he got the disc, but he I think he got the DVD like a month or two before Netflix released it. And he did, he, they had no idea it was going to be on Netflix. So uh, I don't know how much the Kickstarter people were happy about that or not, but, um, uh, they do, they did get some extra features, you know, with the DVD, like some other behind the scenes stuff and everything else, uh, which is cool. It's cool. But yeah, it did, it did start off as Kickstarter and now it's a, now it's a Netflix documentary. Um, which I thought was pretty awesome. And it's, it's Power of Grayskull. It's all about He-Man, the Master Universe, pretty much every aspect of it that you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say just overall, my overall thought with it is I really enjoyed it. And it made me wish that there was a documentary like this for every property that we cover on this show. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, seriously. And it was really well put. I mean, my also my overall was that I felt like it was really well researched, put together, like all the major players that seem to have a decision making, you know, uh, 
step of the process to make Masters of the Universe happen mm-hmm. were there to be interviewed. And, you know, with some properties, you get some some people that are a little burnout or might have a chip on their shoulder or whatever just because of past drama. Right. And it seems like for the most part, everybody here was very willing and open to talk about it and yeah. and uh, to be a part of the documentary, which is really great. Yeah. 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 I thought it was well done. Really fun. And, and, and it was cool because it's like, you know, well, like, like both of you guys, I grew up with He-Man and, and, and Master of the Universe like was the, I mean, it, it was my childhood. That was like the first big property that I was really, really aware of um, that completely took over my life. And uh, for several years, you know, my, my, my dad, um, you know, would get me the, the action figures for birthday and Christmas and other stuff. And so I, I mean, there was that one point where I had almost all the ones that ever came out. Wow. Um, so, I mean, so He-Man was like the thing for me, really, really huge. And so, yeah, but so it was really fun to watch this documentary and have it fill in all these gaps that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. And I oh, didn't yeah. know that, that that came about and this and this and this. So it was really, really fun. Yeah. And it's um, a couple things with it. Uh, one is, now, I, I won't say it's the only property that ever did this because it's certainly not, but it's probably the biggest one that did it successfully is this merge of technology and magic. Like there was, yeah. you have all yeah. like the mythology fantasy type stuff, but then you also have like robots and machines and everything else also interwoven into it. And it was just like, like I said, it's probably the most successful property that's done that type of melding together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing I would I will say, and I think this is unique to it, although I'm sure there's probably some minor toy properties that have done it. It's I I believe it's the first one, and it, it may be one of the only ones where the toy came out first, and they yeah. created this whole toy line, and then they're like, okay, let's do a cartoon and some comics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think in a similar way. I mean, GI Joe though. Uh, also, I mean, just you know, they had the toys. Uh, made, you know, not necessarily yeah. named or anything like this is a, you know, this is a sergeant and he's a heavy machine gunner, you know, and then, right. and then that's where Larry kind of stepped in with Marvel comics to help flesh out the story of it. So there you had like the toy, right. then the comic, which were coming out simultaneously. And then of course the cartoon, which came out like a year later, um, that was all kind of right on top of the heels of each other. But I think He-Man came out right before that, didn't it? Well, He-Man came out after GI Joe, but it was it was very quite literally them trying to sell the toy without because ha- yeah between, the between toy this between came this well and, before and yeah else. between this and um uh the um the toys that made us episode that was about He Man like yeah, yeah. You basically find out that the comic and the cartoon were all formed from a lie. <laughs> the salesman said because the, the toy companies or toy sellers retailers were like well how are kids going to know about the about these characters and he's like well I, we didn't tell you about the comic book that's going to come with each figure and then, <laughs> it was like on the spot right threw it out there and then they would leave and they'd be like what about the co- what are you do- talking about the comic and he's like oh yeah i just made that up and then the same thing <laughs> with the cartoonies he said uh anim- the animated movie and then they found out from me from filmation that they could get a whole cartoon series for the same price as doing a cartoon movie. Wow. Yeah. And it's, and it's totally because some salesman said, Hey, here's how I get them to buy this. <laughs> yeah. Thing, yeah. I mean, exactly what you're talking about. That was the thing that blew my mind is like, 
they're like, we literally have no story for these guys. We just right. know they look cool, and we're going to have one guy that is for land, or one guy that's for, like, the sky, so we'll give him wings. We have another guy that's going to be in water, so he looks kind of like a fish, and we really have no yeah. story beyond, beyond this, you know? And, and uh, yeah, so that just blew my mind to learn that. And well, But it's funny, because it's like, I remember, like, as a kid, being a little confused, I was like, wait, so... You put the two halves of the sword together, and it opens Capsule Grayskull, but then that kind of goes away, and I'm like, so Tila is his friend, but she's also the sorceress, who is right. a different person, and, and I mean, it's like, all these, you know, and it's kind of related, and so they're like, yeah, we're just kind of making this up as we go, and, right. and then we'll just... We'll just come up with a different origin for him later, and, I'm, and then the cartoon is like, and then we'll come up with our own different right. origin for him. <laughs> so as a kid, you're like, okay, I don't understand what's going on, but it's still cool, so... Yeah. Well, and that's like every, they even said in the documentary, like every mini comic almost had its own different origin for who the heck He-Man even was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they said it started out with him just basically walking out of the jungle right. and being this kind of jungle man raised by apes. And he was like a protector of, a, of, of Eternia. And it wasn't until the comics that were kind of brought about that gave him this initial um, kind of palace alter ego. And then eventually like the, obviously the, you know, Paul Dini and Straczynski, the, some of the writers on the, the show were like, we need to firm this up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and they well, yeah. came in. And they even and even to this day, they're still trying to figure out the background of all these characters and how they all work together. Because even the, the toy line of uh, Master Universe Classics created all new bios for every single figure that came out. And those and they tried to meld a lot of the past bios together. Right. But those were that was a whole new continuity. Like. This is truly a, a toy line where you there is no canon. <laughs> yeah, there's no definitive like this must be it. Yeah, right, exactly. So, um, but yeah, I thought the documentary was done very well. Uh, it you could tell one of the things I really loved in seeing it is the creators of the toy line uh, and everything that followed it. Real, I really did get an impression that they really loved what they were creating. Like they really had a passion for it, which is just awesome to see because I feel like that did come out in the in the product itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was amazed to see they were showing like some of the originals as they were interviewing some of these artists and just the quality of the art. I was really taken back by like some of those original first drawings of the animated, Um, even like they have the first two sketches ever done for an animated He-Man. That was amazing. And just the the body proportions and everything was just like so spot on, like so well drawn. You know what killed um, me though was seeing all those original sketches and everything else just laying in stacks and stacks, and I'm like, can I have <laughs> one of them? Just one. You <laughs> know exactly. But they were like, I think this is the very first ever drawing of He-Man. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, and it was all crinkled gonna... up and everything too. <laughs> yeah, it was just like in a pile. Oh my god. Um, that was cool for me too. Was uh, seeing people that I actually have had the chance to meet or interview. Like we've had Val Staples on mm-hmm. the show and I've met Val at conventions and stuff like that. So to see him on there, I'm like, I know that guy. I talked to that guy just last year at Baltimore. Con. I know. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've like been with at, at barbecues with Val. Like he was in a, um, the art studio that I'm a part of with tsunami studios for years. Yeah. And we would just meet up together with a bunch of comic artists and have a barbecue over in North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that's how I knew Val first. And then, but um, I think the first time I met him, I didn't know he was kind of, doing all this stuff with He-Man. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is a fantastic toy property. I know I tease it 
often on the show, but I really do love it. Um, uh, and watching this documentary kind of reinvigorated that love for it. So I've been like going back and kind of doing what, um, what you were mentioning before we started the show, uh, you were, uh, Robert, you were saying, or Quinn, you guys were saying that you've been going back and reading the mini comics. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been, oh my gosh. I mean, cause it's like, like I said, you know, I, I ended up owning almost all the figures. So I had all these comics and, and, uh, oh my gosh, like I read those things and studied them. And like, so some of those, like just, just, just images of from these different stories, you know, they just, I mean, like there's, there's like one story where in one part he fights a gigantic centipede and I, and you know, it grabs him and then he like does a double fist uppercut and knocks this thing's head back, you know? And, and, uh, and I totally, like, I read that like crazy when I was a kid and just yeah. memorized the art and all these panels and the, the lines. And then I realized that I had completely not even thought about that stuff for, you know, 35 years or whatever and until i saw this collection that robert's got and i'm reading it and i'm like oh my gosh yeah like that's the panel that and suddenly all these memories came back so vividly and that's awesome you know and as a kid you know who i always one of the things that really got me drawing like crazy i used to draw like all the time and i loved like monsters and these big muscled guys and superheroes and i and i'm you know and i'm like you know this is probably Without me even realizing it, this is probably one of the big things that really, really inspired me to love all that stuff was, you know, because they came up with these awesome monsters and bad guys and heroes and that just blew my mind. And anyway, so it's been like a huge, huge trip down memory lane. Oh, it's, yeah. it's really interesting, too, because this, this, you know, this big, huge, thick collection, it's it's from Dark Horse. Yeah. Um, where they collected all these. And they have, it's kind of cool because it's like they have little notes on the bottom of a bunch of the pages and they're like, so you'll see here that his costume is a little bit different than it actually turned out in the toy. And then they're like, that's because the artist is working off of a still developing character design, you know, and yeah. all these little things where as a kid, I noticed that I'm like, why, why is his skin blue in this shot? And then not in like this in his actual toy. And that's because they are still figuring this stuff out as they went, but they had a deadline, you know? And so it's just kind of, kind of interesting. All the, all the things that kind of puzzled me as a kid. And now I'm like, finding out why it was that way and anyway it's just really interesting getting all this interesting history oh yeah and i will say if you are a masters universe fan at all uh -huh. you need to get your hands on the dark horse books that they've been doing because oh yeah to, to your point when they did the the collection of the all the mini comics which was amazing um and uh the only thing I will say is they look, they all look awkward on the bookshelf because they're all different sizes, but they're all different sizes because of whatever the, whatever they're right. trying to review. Um, but yeah, the mini comic one is out there. Um, I have, we're going to be, I'm going to be kind of using it a little bit as we go through characters. There's the He-Man, the Masters of the Universe character guide and world compendium, which also yeah. has She-Ra and the Princess of Power, which I'm not going to go, we're not going to go really into She-Ra or anything like that because I actually thought it would be good to do a whole She-Ra episode when the Netflix She-Ra cartoon comes out. Um, yeah, that'd be good. Because I'm actually very interested in seeing that. I know there's been some yeah. naysayers to it, but I think it actually looks really awesome. Um, yeah. They have uh, one thing that I had no idea even existed, and Quinn, I don't know with you being maybe a big fan, maybe you did know this existed, but Dark Horse also came out with a book, which was He-Man, the Master of the Universe, the newspaper comics, uh, as a book, I didn't even know there was a newspaper comic. Oh, I didn't know either. Man. 
Yeah, I didn't eat. Well, the only way I know about it is because I they mentioned it in this book that I've been reading this week, and I'm like, what? I had no idea. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be crazy. Yeah, so that's one I'm eager to read through because I had no idea that it even existed. There's also uh, from Dark Horse the I feel like I'm a <laughs> salesman for Dark Horse. Uh, there's <laughs> there's the He-Man and She-Ra episode compendium which goes over every single episode. It's an episode guide for every single episode of the cartoon from the 80s for both He-Man uh, and She-Ra. And then there's the art of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which shows concept art and packaging art and all of that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, which I do. I have that book, and I've just been needing to pick up the other ones and haven't yet. But yeah. that art of He-Man one is great. Yeah. So, I mean, if – if <laughs> and they're all super nice hardcovers, so they mm-hmm. last, they're they're durable, they're and they're just and they're beautiful, too. They put just some of the – most beautiful He-Man art on the covers and everything else. So, um, so if you, like I said, if you're, and they're relatively decently priced too. I mean, they're, yeah, I mean, you get them on Amazon or through in-stock trades or something like that. And it's, they're, they're affordable that way. Yeah. Like the, this, uh, character guide is 49.95 regular price, but I think through like Amazon and stuff like that, you can get it for like 30 some dollars. And and the thing, and the thing's huge. Like it's enormous. It's like the size of my chest. (laughs) (laughs) And the You're cool, ripped. That's right. <laughs> the, the cool thing about it that they do, too, for the character guide is, like we were just talking about with there not being a canon, is they yeah. give you the background for each character based on uh, the multiple different versions. So they'll tell you, like, this is what the character's origin or who this character was for the mini-comics. This is who the character was for the filmation cartoon. This is who the character was for the Master Universe classic. Oh, right? that's cool. Yeah. Wow. I gotta check that out. That sounds man. Bad. There's so much research that must have went into that. Oh yeah, and of and I did mention. I think I mentioned this on the show before. I definitely have posted it on the Star Joe's group page. But the entry for man for man at arms, there is an image in there that is taken right from uh, Pop Mon's uh, digital. Oh my gosh, do you have that? And I own the original artwork. I bought it off of yeah. it for I think forty bucks at Baltimore Con before Pop Mon. I was remember known. when you got that. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I was like, how much for this? And he was like, uh, uh, forty dollars. I was like, done. Here, boom. <laughs> and they it's wow. like a splash page. It's yeah. like this awesome. It's this huge. Yes, yeah, this huge like eleven by seventeen page of just man at arms on the on there. That's it. And uh, they actually use that image in the in the character. <laughs> That's so, cool. So. Wow. Who's that? Awesome. So, um. Anything else with the documentary? I, I definitely recommend people going and watching it if you at all, if at all possible. Can yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say I thought it was cool because it's like because I had watched the uh, that episode of the you know the, the toys that made us that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I had watched that earlier, and in that you know from that I learned like so much stuff that I had no clue, and right. and so be, so it's fun to watch. I think it's great if you can watch both of them because they both provide details that. You know, you don't that that the other one misses, and and uh, so I, I mean, one of the things that stuck out to me the most was was in the the toys that made us episode, how the guy that created Skeletor talked about how he came up with that iconic villain, you know, and the whole story about like, well, well, I mean, you know, if you watch it, you'll see it, but he basically is like, yeah, I was, when I was a kid, I was going through this really shady, like, like like a amusement park, like a fair or something like yeah. that through like a spook alley and then this skeleton like dropped down at one point and just scared the heck out of him and like traumatized him and and he's like and somehow I just knew my childhood brain that it was an actual human skeleton 
he's, he's like, I always just knew, and that's what I based, my, you know, that Skeletor image on. And then he's like, and then as an adult, I did some research and found some stuff online about this bear, and found it was in fact a real human skeleton. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like, that's messed no up. Way. Yeah. So it was really fascinating just to get all these details about the two different. Well, yeah, from the two different documentaries. Evidently, if that's the basis for creating an awesome villain, then my awesome villain will be like a clown that has a spider <laughs> face on it or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then for for me, well, there was a lot of things I liked about the documentary, yeah. especially, but uh, I liked that it kind of walked through chronologically, mm-hmm. um, you know, from, from concept and the reasons why they had the concept, you know, as far as Mattel trying to catch up with Kenner and the Star Wars license and all this kind of yeah. stuff that happened. Um, and the reasons for developing it and how like haphazard reasons why things were developed, yes. you know, it's like just like, cat. um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we need, we need something because we, we don't have money to tool a new, you know, uh, character or a, a companion or a mount or anything for He-Man. And they're like, well, you could use this big gym, uh, tiger, just repaint it. And he's like, I don't care. Just repaint it green and with yellow stripes as like a, Joke a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and then they went ahead and did it just to show him how dumb it would look. And he did it. He's like, that looks great. And they're like, what? And they're like, but, yeah. still, and they're like, but it still doesn't look good because it's almost as big as he is. And he's like, well, put a saddle on it. <laughs> I know, man. I'm like, that kind of serendipity, you know, to, to me, it was just like, what a brilliant idea. This huge armored cat, like right. so barbarian, you know, yeah. Zeta-esque to do it. And, uh, and it was just kind of like problem solving, you know what I mean? Right. And I love seeing that kind of behind the scenes stuff. Um, and then I was going to say the next big thing, I was really surprised that they, like you said, they really talk about all the different aspects. You know, there were some things I had known about like the, the, you know, the, the TV show and through filmation and, and, um, you know, some of those behind the scene things, but when it came to the movie, so oh, like I with Dolph Lundgren and all movie, that, and I that was so really cool to that. see the, yeah. And the, the guy who played Skeletor, just how invested he was in that oh, role. Yeah. yeah. That was that really was cool. cool to see, man. Like it makes me want to go back and watch that movie. I know it's bad, but yeah. I want to, because <laughs> after watching that documentary, I want to see it again. I feel like I would have a different appreciation for it. Cause I, I agree with you. It's a, yeah. horrible, it's a horrible movie, but uh, but to know <laughs> what it could have been because they wanted it to be He-Man. And, yeah. And it really just didn't end up being totally He-Man. And it was because of budget reasons. It was because studios were like, no, let's do this. And I wanted to pop the one guy in the face that was creating the costumes because he's just like, yeah, I just didn't like how they were going. So I created <sighs> this and I did this. And I'm like, dude. You were keeping it from looking like He-Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was yeah. sitting there, like, kind of, I don't know. And, and I get it. It's his artistic I think it's designers. Yeah. yeah, I think it's designers like that, that often miss the mark, you know, when you're talking about, like, the Transformer movie designs and the Ninja Turtle movie designs. Right. And just, like, how far off it is from the source material. It's just some guy like that thinking he has to put his stamp on the character. Right. It doesn't mean it's better. No. And then their yeah. excuse is, well, it's for a different medium. It's for the movies. And I'm like, I get that to a certain extent. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, but, you know, we had the X-Men movies of the early 2000s. And it's like, yeah, we can't do spandex. And they joke about it. Right. And maybe they couldn't have it at the time because of budgetary reasons <laughs> but look or what because they do of now. Uh, technology. <laughs> but I'm like, it works now. If it works now. Yeah. <laughs> why didn't it work? It worked on Spider-Man in the first Spider-Man movie. Right. You know, back in 2000. Anyway. And I think with He-Man himself in the movie, I wasn't really disappointed with how he looked. I thought he actually looked awesome. Dolph Lundgren did. But the way yeah. where I got really disappointed was how, how they did up uh, Man at Arms and Tila. 
because I, yeah, that was just, I didn't think they looked good at all. Um, but uh, yeah, to, to hear, like you said, to hear, uh, Frank Langella's passion for what he wanted, like how he got buffed for the role and all this type of stuff. And, <laughs> and like, he just really wanted to make something of it. And there was, I guess, whole lines that he was supposed to be doing. And they just like kind of cut some of that stuff out and, uh, or how he prepped for the big battle at the yeah. end. They're like, yeah, we don't have time for that. And right. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That was crazy. I remember still, though, being a kid, and that movie just blew my mind when I was a kid, and I yeah. thought it was so cool and loved it. So, Yeah, as a kid, I was like, this is this is really cool. I was, I think I still sat there as a kid and went, this isn't really He-Man, but it's really but, cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's kind, of, you know, that's kind of what I thought, too. But, uh, but yeah, you know I, I thought it was, I loved it when I was a kid, so. Yeah, because I was like, where's Battle Cat? Where's Orko? Where's, where's. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, well, they're on the script, but there wasn't right. money for them, so. Yeah, exactly. They are. And that's why, well, like, there's been talks of them doing a new He-Man movie, and there's been a lot of progress towards doing it, and I just hope that they, with what can be done today, that they actually realize that if you do it right, it is going to make a lot of money for them. You do it. Yeah. Can you yeah. can you imagine John Cena in a blonde bob wig? <laughs> I want to see that. Yes. That'd be awesome. In a furry loincloth. You you won't see him though. So. <laughs> um. Yeah, and like like you said, the movie I I knew next to nothing compared to what they had told us. In yeah, the that was really cool. It was amazing. So, uh, like, like you said, I did have a better appreciation for the movie, more so because I knew what they wanted to do um, yeah. versus what they were able to do. Um, and then just to know how much it took off, the property did, the He-Man, like as a toy line, it was outselling like everything. Yeah. And then it just took a nosedive all of a sudden just because they couldn't get enough stuff out there um, to really kind of keep it going and everything else. And they were just putting stuff together. That's the cool thing too, going back to what we were talking about with Battle Cat. Like, they were just like, alright, well we got the, this body shape. Let's just paint it black with a white stripe and then we'll make it smell. Yeah. And then this guy, we'll just put some, uh, we'll take Beast Man, we'll just put some, uh, this flock stuff on him and then we'll spray him a little bit so he smells like patchouli and then that'll be awesome. <laughs> and like, they were just they were just kind of putting stuff together and just like okay here's a new character. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I remember like when they uh, when they came out with you know because you're like because Skeletor was always the bad guy but I remember when they introduced like Hordak and the evil Horde I was like my mind was blown oh, there was yeah. like this bad guy who's even possibly even worse than Skeletor who doesn't like Skeletor or He Man and yeah. I was like ah yeah you have this so third cool. element brought into it yeah. And well, I, and me and Quinn were. Oh, go ahead. I was just say I don't think I. And honestly, I mean, this is probably bad, but I don't think like I was just saying where they they took uh, Merman and just painted him black and put the stripe on, and made him stink or. I think I didn't know that up until I saw this documentary. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree. I didn't. I didn't either. And the, even the Moss Man and, and Beast Man. I yeah. think you know they did enough different that it didn't just feel like a dumb repaint. Right. Um. You know, there was a whole. Yeah, I, I never really put that together myself. I was just like, uh, I was like, oh, as a kid, I was like, oh, it's a new character. Okay, there we go. Yeah, they cool. They made a whole new character, and I'm like. Oh wait, I, and then I see this documentary. I'm like, oh, they just kind of tricked me. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember being a kid and I did notice. I was like, oh yeah, that's just Merman, but they painted him different. <laughs> but he still looks cool, so I'm cool with it. So whatever. He at least had a whole different backstory. So <laughs> yeah. No. 
All right, so do we want to get into some of the characters and kind of talk about? Um, yeah. All right, so I'm going to go through them alphabetically, just because that's how they are in the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and okay. uh, makes it easy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to bring up characters, and we can talk about them. Uh, any memories you have of them? And I'm not covering every character, just the really big name ones for the most part. Big name ones. There might be a couple minor ones in here, um, sure. because if I went over every character, uh, this would be an eight-hour podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody can just buy the book and read it themselves. Right, we'll, exactly. We'll, we'll hit the highlights. So the first one alphabetically that comes into play is Beast Man. Yeah. Um, I did have Beast Man as a kid, uh, and Beast Man is actually one of my favorite characters. Uh, and it could be because he was one of my ones I had as a kid. He was such a simple figure, such a simple design, such a simple concept, but it just worked so well. And I remember using him for so much stuff when I was playing as a kid. Um, and he has, and to give you guys an idea of like how much background they give for each of these characters, like the major ones like this, you have, and I'm going to rattle these off, but there's a lot. You have his background for the 1982 Master of the Universe mini comic. His background for the 1982 DC Master Universe comic, the 1983 mm. Filmation animated series, the 1983 Master Universe mini comic. So keeping in mind, like we talked about before, their origins would change between co- mini comics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we have the Golden Mo- Mas- the 1983 Golden Master Universe books, the 1983 uh-huh. Lady Bird Master Universe books. The 1984 German Master of the Universe audio plays, the 1984 <laughs> German interp- uh, Interpart Condor Master of the Universe comics, the Filmation Pow- uh, Princess of Power animated series from 1985, his origin there, his 1986 United Kingdom Master of the Universe comic magazine, his 1986 oh, Brazilian Estrella Master of the Universe mini comic, his 1987 <laughs> Master of the Universe film origin, his 2002 Mike Young Productions animated series. Right. His 2002 MV Creations Master Universe comic. His 2008 Master Universe <laughs> Classics background. And then his DC Master Universe comic that came out just uh, in 2012. So wow. that's how many different origins and backgrounds Beastman had. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So like you said, a wow. lot of research went into this. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, the thing that I remember most about Beastman was that that uh, he had that he came with a whip, the whip. And, yes. and I remember I played with these guys so much that eventually his whip started to unravel. Oh. And so my dad, being a very practical, smart, handiwork, handyman kind of a guy, he just melted the end of it with like a match or something, and then so it kept the kept it from unraveling. And now he had this big, sweet, like melty ball at the end that oh, could smack people. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, whenever I think of uh, Beastman, it's hard for me not to think of the the YouTube uh, Four Non Blondes voiceover, and he's all, <laughs> and he tried. <laughs> and I just like, I see, see his face, and I hear that like immediately. Wow. Well, and and they uh, the very first appearance of him, he's like all red. The very first mini comic that he yeah, yeah. Too. Ah. like he doesn't have the orange and the different hues. It's just like he's just an all red beast character. So. Yeah. I'd always play with him almost like he was Aquaman. Like he had like a, a mental control over beasts. Yeah. Um, well, and some so, of his origins take 
they do that with him is that they basically yeah, right. him like that. That's right. So I always kind of like I loved um what what we would do when we would play is that like uh, unless Cringer was battle cat if he was in like proximity of of Beastman like that was when he was vulnerable and Beastman could control him. Oh yeah. Um but oh, then like oh. through like the power of Grayskull that would like make battle cat mentally strong enough to like we're to uh, fight against, you know, the, whatever his abilities were. And that was always like a, a fun kind of plot point we did when we were playing. Yeah. Wow. I do think my favorite version of Beastman was in the 87 movie because he was like a really scary dude in that movie. Yeah. And he, and it, if I remember right, he didn't, doesn't really like speak. He is truly like a beast man. Like, yeah. Like he's just, like you said, very creepy, very scary type, intimidating and stuff. So. Yeah. Um, all right, next uh, character, staying in the bees, uh, quite literally, uh, Buzz Off. Buzz Off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I never had Buzz Off, but he was always a character I really liked. I don't, I don't know why, because I don't like bees, but <laughs> but I really liked his design. I especially like what they did with him, uh, like when you were talking about like your favorite version, um, which is probably a good thing for us to mention with each of these characters. My favorite version with him was the Mike Young production version. Yeah, uh-huh. it was really good. Yeah, I just remember with a couple things with him. I don't think I ever had him. He was one of the few that I didn't get. But but I remember that I noticed as a kid that his hands that he had the same. You know, he had like the little pincer claws. Yeah. Oh yeah. The same thing that Clawful had, uh, except that he had two little claws instead of one little one and one big one like Clawful did. And then I noticed also I was always confused. And I'm still confused now. That he had his big B eyes, and then he also had <laughs> another set of B eyes on top, which was like like light helmet or something. Yeah. Like, that were I'm they just goggles? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's still confusing to me, but that's what I remember most about him. And he, yeah, uh, I didn't have him as a kid. He, he didn't really. I don't remember the episodes as vividly. Um, we got him. Right about the time we started collecting the universe, um, you know, Motu classics, we got Buzz off, and he came with a a variant head. And about that exact same time, we got that Mike Young set and started watching through them. Me and my son oh, Connor. Yeah. So, um, so then Buzz off was really awesome in that cartoon. Like his design was cool, and so we always swapped out like the Mike Young head on the classics figure because that was definitely the cooler uh, version. Oh. That's cool. One thing I do remember liking about him too is that he looked like a monster, but that he was a good guy. Yeah, yeah. very much so. That that was something awesome with him. And I liked in the Mike, Mike Young what they did was they really gave him a lot of depth because they gave him like his whole species of family and you know, like all yeah. that type of stuff, which was awesome. Um, well, it's a nice segue from from uh, Buzz Off then to Clawful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who, just, uh, who uh, as you said, Quinn had the had one little claw hand like Buzz Off did, but then had the one large one. And he actually, from from what I could tell of this book, he actually first appeared in the cartoon before, about the same time, actually, as the figure did. So, oh, oh, cool. Uh, so a lot of these yeah. other ones have had their first origin as the figure with the mini-comic, and then the, they showed up in the cartoon. It seems like this happened about, this Clawful happened about the same time as the figure came out. Uh, as he as he appeared in the cartoon as well, so interesting. So yeah. I'm curious, you know, like for example, just real quick with GI Joe and the GI Joe animated series, like anytime Cobra wanted something done, if they ever like farmed that out to Firefly, for example, it would get done. Yeah, like because he was like the only dependable 
<laughs> Cobra character right. on that show. Right. Everybody else failed miserably repeatedly. And then I remember that on the He-Man cartoon, if you ever asked Clawful and Beastman to go do something, it was a guaranteed fail. Oh, yeah. Like, they were, like, the <laughs> two dumbest, like, bumbling idiots. Why would you even give them a job that was anything besides, like, cleanup duty? I thought you were going to say Clawful. Like, I thought you were going to say Clawful always got it done. I was going to say, what show did you watch? <laughs> I know, no, it's the exact opposite of that. But I was going to ask, is there, is there, just off the top of your head, a Firefly for Skeletor. I would I would say yes. I have a guess on who I would say it is, but uh, Quinn, I'll let you say if you think there's somebody out there like that. Gosh, on the on the cartoon you're talking about? Yeah, especially. Gosh, so really- if he gives if he gives him a job, like more often than not, it it actually happens. There's two two characters I can think of that usually, if I if memory serves me right, because it's been a while since I watched the cartoon. There's two characters I can think of that normally would get it right if it wasn't for the bungling and buffoonery of all the other characters. Of the others, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one would Go be, ahead. One would be Evil Lynn. Uh-huh. Okay. That was I, I, one I, other. I think Evil Lynn would totally get stuff done if she didn't have to deal with a bunch of idiots. Um, <laughs> and the other one would probably be Triclops. Yes, those are the two I was thinking. Okay. Exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. They were yeah. just, it, like, like, a well above and beyond, like smarter mm-hmm. than like Trapjaw, Clawful, <laughs> Beastman, yeah. Merman. Those guys were just complete idiots. Yes. <laughs> I will say my my favorite version. Uh, I don't own it, but I, I certainly would love to. Uh, is of Clawful is the Master of the Universe Classics version uh, because I think they did a cool job of like kind of sculpting where he has like a shell. And he's got the mm-hmm. bicep arms coming out of the shell, so it's it, it gives it more of like almost like a turtle crab type look to it, uh, mm-hmm. rather than it being just his whole body is just this big red mass. <laughs> yeah, the Mike Young version, I wasn't ha- as happy about like the design. Yeah. It was okay, but yeah, I definitely like the classics version of that one. Yeah. Um, going into a minor character, but still one I think that people would know and and possibly own. Uh, would be dragster. Yeah. Yeah, man. Is it dragster or drag store? Drag store. Drag store. Drag store. <laughs> like everything with He-Man is like a man at the end or or like <laughs> yeah. drag store spider. Yeah. That was one that I remember I got for my birthday or something, and I thought it was so cool because, it, I mean, he really would, like, you pull out – what do they call those things, like a, a ripcord or what do they yeah. call the little – Yeah, like the zipline ripcord type things, yeah. Yeah, and he would re- – I mean, he would literally, like, fly across your, your floor, and, and uh, so he was really cool. But I also remember thinking – I mean, the comic that he came with, a little mini comic that he came with, like, they made him, like – in the comic, they they talked about him like he was like crazy, strong, powerful, unstoppable, scary, yeah. you know. So, anyways, so I thought that was kind of cool. Like, wow, he's actually supposed to be a really scary guy, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what I remember. Nice. And he never appeared in the cartoons at all, like not not the early filmation nor the Mike Young or anything like that. He was yeah. only in the mini comics and some of the other uh, comics that came out, like comic magazines and stuff like that. So. I remember when I saw him, I, I never had him. I always just kind of felt he looked out of place. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like for whatever reason, his design was so different. And um, since so since I didn't have him and I didn't have the mini comic, I never got a sense of his character. Yeah. Well, and he was definitely one of those characters where uh, where they were just like, hey, kids like stuff that 
that with the rip cord. Let's go ahead and yeah, they like cars, that does that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah for sure. Yeah. Uh, next character would be uh, one that we talked about, well, I mentioned briefly, which is Evil Lynn. Uh, oh man, who was just awesome. I thought she was really cool, and I for the longest time I just didn't it didn't click with me that she had kind of yellowish skin. Like right. even though obviously she did in the in the toy and like every version, you know, it's a bit yellow, but just not the cartoon. except maybe the the mic, yeah, not the cartoon. And yeah. so when I go back and see the toys, I'm like, man, is that is that yellowed plastic or was it always like that? I was just trying to like almost like my mind kind of filtered that just to remember the cartoon instead. Right. No, I yeah, and and I it I think it. That was one of the reasons I never got the toy was because I grew up watching the cartoon and I wanted the figures that went with the cartoon and mm-hmm. her figure didn't look like the cartoon figure. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what I thought too. So, uh, next character. But there are, yeah. there's some, well, real quick on you. Yeah, yeah. There's some really good stories of her in the Mike Young oh, parks. Yeah. Like, um, where she's like very intimidating and she rivals Skeletor for power and, yeah. Um, she's kind of like the Starscream to, you know, you know, Megatron in a way, um, um or sometimes she's yeah. vying for that power. Yeah. Uh, but it's, she's very well written in that cartoon. And I will say the MV creations, uh, which Val Staples worked on, like her version in that is done very well too. She's, she's really like that second in command that probably should be first in command. Um, <laughs> and she, you know, they just did a really great job of developing her. And I will say the master universe classics version of her where they, she has like the the uh, white hair and stuff like that. I think that just looks like an amazingly awesome figure. So yeah, for sure, cool. And she did make it into the movie too. And I thought actually her version of the uh, the version of her in the movie actually I thought was pretty well done. Yeah, she's pretty scary. Another character that uh, I never understood as a child nor now is uh, Faker. <laughs> I like the concept, but yeah. I remember uh, not understanding why he was blue. Right. Um, because, like, in the cartoon, he looks like He-Man. Right. You know, and he, like, his face comes off, and that was always creepy. Right. When it, That creeped me out as a kid. Like, when his face would come off, and it was this robot face underneath. Yeah. Um, wow. But then but then he came out He came out as a, as a blue figure. And I'm like, how would anybody ever mistake this guy? As He-Man? I didn't. <laughs> Like, that is not a good undercover Skeletor's job, armor. Yeah, and he's wearing, like, Skeletor's same armor, but, like, orange. And I'm like, how is anyone supposed to think that this is him? Yeah. <laughs> he fooled them all. Just Yeah. No, he only, the only people he fooled was uh, Beastman and Clawful. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Orko. And the parents. <laughs> yeah. Um, next character. Uh, cool character, but an unfortunate name. Uh, Fisto. <laughs> I actually loved Fisto. I, I I really dug like the just especially the toy more more so than I mean like I think if I remember some of his stories, um, you know he was just kind of another side character to with the good guys to help out. But um, I just love that gigantic fist. Yeah, yeah. I just I was this big buff, big buff guy with the with the red beard, and then um, the classics figure is awesome. Is really really good. Oh, yeah. He's got this huge power sword and like this gigantic fist. And then I always loved how he would kind of like his rival was Jitsu with this gigantic also hand in a karate chop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like judo yeah. chop hand and fist. And you can imagine these guys just like 
played rock, paper, scissors and, uh, <laughs> and jitsu winning every single time. He's like, dang it. <laughs> like, so why did they call you Pisto? What was yeah. that? <laughs> They're like, so why do they call you Pisto? Like, well, he goes to scratch his chin. And it's just a giant fist. It's <laughs> yeah, I love the character. I just, I was just like, man, they really needed to come up with a better name for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty uh, typical of these '80s properties. Oh yeah. I mean, we have characters <laughs> in uh, in GI Joe called Skid Mark, so you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, going alphabetically, the next big uh, character is definitely a big character, which is He-Man himself. Oh, man. Yeah. So one thing I love about uh, <laughs> Quinn, what were you saying that you saw this on where like uh, Prince Adam shows up and they're oh. like, they're like, man, you, that looks a little effeminate or whatever. Or yeah. It looks a little gay. And he's like, well, watch this. And he transforms <laughs> <laughs> transforms into He-Man. They're like, nope, nope, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, not better, not better. <laughs> and rem- well, I w- remember how I did okay. uh, like all the different versions for Beastman? I just counted it up. There's 21 different backgrounds oh, for geez. He-Man. Yeah, I'm not surprised <laughs> at that because I, they were definitely finding their way, yeah. you know, as they were kind of developing this. Yeah. Um, one of the things I love about the classics line is you get a sense of it in the Mike Young story where there's a it, uh, there's a lineage of yes. He-Man with the power sword and like King Grayskull yes. goes back to an ancestor of Adam and Randor hero and, and, and yeah. yeah, the hero and even Ular, like going back to the barbarian, yep. um, you know, just, and, and that's when I first realized that this was a much bigger story than like Skeletor, Randor, yeah. Prince Adam and He-Man, you know, the contemporaries of the story, because, they go back in time with the Mike Young and explore that. And then with the classics figures, and I'm sure some of the comics, they go back even further, like generations, yeah. generations. Uh, and I was like, oh, man, that's when it just kind of opened up. I'm like, this this world is enormous. There's yeah. so many stories you could tell. Well, and I think what they were trying to do with some of that, too, was they were trying to exp- almost explain some of those canons that we were talking about. Like, how does He-Man yeah. just come out of the jungle and he's like the protector of Eternia? Well, that's really the barbarian He-Man of of the past uh-huh. is that's what they kind of tapped into was these other versions of He-Man that have been out there. Well, how do we explain these other versions? I know we'll make it part of the lineage of He-Man. So, yeah. Yeah. And it just makes uh, you think if they could have thought of that concept before, you know, like the toy line folded. Yeah. Because that would have given them product, you know, that would have given them ideas and product to do. And, you know, they could still have done repaints, but just like, here's like, he-Man's ancestor, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. I will say He-Man is the only uh, Master Universe Classics figure that I own. Uh, I own him and I own Battle Cat, and they sit on my Star Joe's shelf that I have, uh, where I have, like, almost every single 80s property represented up there. Um, yeah. But And I would love to get more of the Master Universe Classics figures. There's just so many, and they're uh, expensive now to get. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, they they can get up there for sure. They can definitely get up yeah. there. But I think if you're going to get another one, uh, Tila, you just like Tila and a Man in Arms. They're probably not too crazy. Yeah, I would want to get. I would love to get Man in Arms. I would love to get Tila, and I would love to get um, a few bad guys. I'd love to get like Skeletor, Beast Man, mm-hmm. and Trap Jaw because those were my favorite bad guys. So yeah. But uh, okay. But as a kid, I had He Man and I had Battle Armor He Man. 
So oh, yeah, that battle damage team, man. I yes. love the how they talked about that in the documentary because they had those cars, and I remember those cars. Yeah. They'd smash the front end and it'd flip and show damage. Yep. And I'm like, I love that they're like, let's just take that and put it on his chest. I'm like, what a yeah. brilliant idea. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had the Skeletor version of that, and it was just, yeah, it was so cool. See, when you now, and I could that, have played, I had the He-Man and Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> like, that actually brings back one of my, like, childhood traumatic memories is uh, I had Battle Damage He-Man. And because there were so many boys in our family, like, we only had one or two each you know, that you right. got for your birthday. Well, this one is mine, and you have to ask if you want to play with it, that kind of thing. Right. And um, I had my figures down on the ground, and mom told my brother Thomas to, like, vacuum up the floor. And he's like, pick up your stuff. And I was like, you pick it up. And then he just ran over my He-Man figures with the vacuum. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the the brush, the spinning brush of the vacuum, like, caught He-Man's head into oh. the brush. And then it started melting because it's just like the squishy oh rubber. God. It started melting He-Man's face and the side of his skull. And I smelled it. I'm like, what are you doing? And I jump off my bunk bed and I like, you know, kind of push the vacuum over and I pull it out. And there's like this melted cavity in the side of He-Man's head. And I'm like, oh, well, that's pretty battle damaged. I was like, okay with it. <laughs> They're like, but right when it happened, I'm like, ah, because he did this melted face. I'm like, so disgusting. That, was, I sat your, there and that I, was your version of Faker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, no. <laughs> But then uh, after a while, I was like, well, I can play with it like this. Like, and then I would have like people stab their sword into the side of his head. I'm like, well, <laughs> He-Man lost that battle. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Going into uh, a character you we've mentioned already, the, the alter or arch enemy of Fisto, which was Jitsu. Yeah. 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 He chopped people. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I know about him is because he was like the bad guy. Fisto, that was it. Yeah, I did not have him. I didn't know a whole lot about him. Uh, he looks like an awesome character. I just yeah, he really does look cool. About him at all. Well, and he kind of introduced like yeah, because he has like an Asian look to him. You know, obviously yeah. with the kind of jitsu of being a martial art, but then also, um, you know, there weren't any other Asian right uh, he man you know figures yeah that were kind of based on a more kind of Asian quality to him. So yeah, well, at least off the top of my head, I couldn't think of it. There is a ninja. It came out in the classic line. I don't know what his background is. Yeah, he came, he was like one of the last, last, last ones that came out before the whole series just kind of pulled in. Yeah, because they're like, uh, what else can we do? And like, we haven't done ninjas. And wasn't it a ninja guy? Uh, Ninjor? Ninjor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what that, can we call this guy? That actually was his name. Yeah, Ninjor. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked him up real quick. He was not on my list of characters to cover, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. I looked him real, up really quick, but he was in the newspaper strips and uh, the Star hmm. Comics and uh, the mini comics because there was a figure for him back in the day. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, then we have uh, going into some Snake Man character here. Uh, characters mm. yeah. King Hiss. Uh, yeah. Uh, I remember he was just super freaky. I love the idea that, like, when I was a kid, it was cool that, like, the whole idea with him is, like, he looks like a normal guy, quote unquote. And then you peel off his fake skin, and he's really like, like he is legs, and then coming out of those legs is a giant snake head, and then the arms are more snakes. And I thought that is creepy, and uh, <laughs> it was so, so cool, you know. For me, he really came to life in the Mike Young series because yeah. the King Hiss and the Snake Man were a huge part of like the end of that se- that series. Um, and then you're to the point where King Hiss, like even 
kind of defeated Skeletor and was like the main big bad guy. And like He-Man and Skeletor would have to team up to take him out. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's serious. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I liked it a lot. To, to continue the Snake Men, the next character to come across is uh, Cobra Khan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who would, uh, he, he was the one that would spit stuff out. At yeah. And uh, his head was like a pump action yeah. gray bottle. And, and uh, not ashamed to say, I would drink, I would spray into my mouth and just drink his, <laughs> his water. <laughs> Taste of but, uh, a little uh, plasticky, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I would pop his head off and fill him with water like several times a day just because I, I kept spraying everything with it. So And we thought nothing of that as a kid either. Just like, okay, I'll spray some of this in my mouth. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, my favorite Master Universe character uh, of all of them, which is Man-at-Arms. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, I've ever been... When I was a kid, when I when they introduced the cartoon, I'm like, oh, he has a mustache. Huh. <laughs> okay. And then the part where he's like, when they're introducing the characters in the in the intro to the show, and it's like man at arms, and he's like jumping and like shooting lasers out of his fists, and I'm yeah. like, whoa, when did that become a thing? <laughs> and then so. and then I think the toy didn't have a mustache, isn't that? No. Case? Yeah. He, they added that later after the toy came out. I think. Yeah. Um, and I will say he's a, he's a figure I did not have as a kid. Uh, I just really liked him on the cartoon. I just thought he was a really cool character in the cartoon. And then later on in life, when I read the, a lot of the comics and everything else, I was like, he was kind of like, he's like the badass version of Alfred Pennyworth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was like the support for the support for He Man, but he built all the gadgets and he could still kick everyone's butt. So um, yeah. I loved when they, to develop his character more, just the the whole kind of concept that he was in love with Sorceress, yes. you know, that Tila, like the Sorceress is Tila's mother. Yeah. And, um, you know, but she has to be the guardian of Grayskull and they just, it was kind of a, a relationship, is like that relationship that can't, you know, fully develop because of the restrictions of their duty and responsibility and it just made them really kind of stoic cool characters like that was a i always love that dynamic yeah. you know they kind of hinted at it in the filmation show yep they really develop it in the mike young and in you know a lot of the comics and stuff yeah no i, I totally agree um so uh, another character that i did not own but man i really wanted to and that'd be manny faces yeah oh he is one of my favorites yeah. hands down like yeah he's one of my I have like I you know we each have our own top fives like he's in my top five for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Did you ever have him, Quinn? I did. I yeah, I did, and and I just thought it was cool that I mean robots are cool. His robot face cool. Monsters are cool. So his monster face is cool, you know. And then even like his human face looked creepy and cool, you know. Yeah. Yeah, just cool, just cool. Well, character. and then uh, I, I guess this might have been a variant that came out in the '80s. I don't know if it was or not, but with the classics figure, he comes with two heads. You can swap, take it off, swap it out, and oh. so you have the classic head, which is the human monster and robot. Yeah. Then you can put in the other one, which is also human, but it has an orco face yeah. and a Skeletor face. Yeah. What? Yeah. And you can spin those around, which is also very awesome. Wow, I didn't know that. So he was kind of like I love his stories that he's like this actor. 
Yes. Right? In the cartoon, and that he portrays all that's what makes him a good actor, is he can kind of change his face and portray all that, the, the different emotions and the different characters. Um, but then I love the, how it gave him different abilities. When he turned to the beast face, like he he had the super strength. Super strength, right? yeah. So and I, I kind of like those robots. He could like compute things really quickly and. Mm-hmm. Like really smart and technological and all that kind of. Thing. Like that was really neat. Um, I also like the other thing with him was okay. when he was a uh, when he was in the Beast version, he would he couldn't. It was almost like he couldn't stay in the Beast version for too long because he would like lose control. He had, yeah, he's kind of losing a bit of his humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really neat. And when I had last quarter at work, so I'm teaching at um, Savannah College of Art and Design. So in my office. I decked out my whole desk with all of our, you know, Motu Classics figures at like Castle Grayskull up there and probably 50 or 60 figures all set up. And I, man, I had Manny faces up there right at the top. And I, he fell off the top and, and his, his little head peg or whatever came off. And I was putting it on. And, um, one of the guys next to me was like, what are you doing? Oh, that comes off. I was like, yeah, see how you can spin it and his face changes. They're like, oh, that's cool. So I put it back up on the on the human face and set him up with the other guys. I came in the next day and it was the beast face. Like, <laughs> I know I did not spin that the beast face. <laughs> so I spun it back to the human face and I'm like, this better be the human face tomorrow. I came back robot face. <laughs> and I'm like, someone is messing with my crap. <laughs> and that went on for the rest of the quarter. Every time I put it to the human face, I never, I still don't know who was doing this. That's hilarious. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> So from one of my favorite characters to probably one of my least favorite characters, <laughs> we have uh, Mechanek. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Mechanek. Like, I love in the Mike Young story, there's a specific episode about how Mechanek is is trying, is like battling depression about how worthless he is. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, it's probably good I wasn't like standing next to Mechanek that day. So I'd be like, you know what? You're right. You're right. <laughs> you should just quit. <laughs> just quit. I mean, yeah. he, he's, it makes perfect sense that he's a scout and that, like, mm-hmm. it, it, he definitely has a good ability for that. I'm just like, but when they would start using his head and his neck stretching out to make it like he knows how to fight using it that way, I'm just like, I, I'm not buying it. I feel like any point an axe <laughs> is just going to chop his neck off. <laughs> yeah, that seems like you're incredibly vulnerable, vulnerable at that point when everybody in this universe has swords. Right. <laughs> And your neck is now like three feet long. Like you are asking for it. Right. That's hilarious. I never even thought of that before, but you're right. <laughs> um, going into another character uh, that I actually really liked what they did with him later on, especially in the MV Creations and in the Mike Young, which is Merman. Mm, yeah. Was never a really big, huge Merman fan. As a kid, but like I said, when I read the MV Creations comic with him in it, and I saw the Mike Young co- uh, cartoon, I was like, okay, this is a character I can get behind. This is a character I can really like. Mm. Yeah, that's the best when you have a, you know, when somebody takes on a property and finds a character that's a bit of a joke, but then, you know, finds, you know, a cool aspect to that character and then it kind of redeems them in a way, like, uh, story-wise. Yeah. And he's yeah. definitely an, a great example of that. I do remember thinking, because he was one of the first characters I got. Well, he was one of the first ones that was released. But I remember thinking, why does he have, why does he have cat ears? 
<laughs> because that, that's kind of the way he like he was sculpted with the toy, and, and I, I like how he looked better in the cartoons. So that's that's pretty. And then I remember that his coral sword was pretty cool. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Because it's such was a different awesome. shape. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think in the Mike Young, they end up giving him like a trident, and then like uh, I think right. I think you can I, I think the classics version has uh, the sword, but then I think you can also have the trident or something like that later. It, it came with, it came with both, but they also would do weapons packs. Yeah. Like the classics would put out a weapons pack. I, I don't remember if I got uh-huh. it in a weapons pack or if it came with the original. I don't remember, yeah. but they did. They also did, um, like a blue version and a yeah. green version. Yeah. And they did oh. combined packs with sometimes with DC characters. So you could get a combined merman Aquaman. Yes. You could get a combined He-Man and uh, Superman. There was a Skeletor and Lex Luthor yep. and a Zodak and Green Lantern, yep. which was really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The only thing, and, and, I, and those actually made it to the store shelves. I think the reason they weren't very successful, because they unfortunately they weren't, uh, was because by that point, all of those figures for Masters of the Universe had already been sold at at MaddieCollector.com, and all mm-hmm. of the DC ones had already been sold as individual uh, DC classics. Yeah, DC classics. But I will say, if you try to find a Skeletor now, and if you don't care if it's in package or not, he's still like, he's like $200. Oh, wow. Like aftermarket. Wow. But you can find a, a Skeletor Lex Luthor combined pack for less than 40 Oh, wow. Okay. And then just like chuck Lex Luthor in the bin. Right. And you've got, uh, you've got Skeletor there. I mean, it's not going to be in the pack, but if you don't care, if yeah. you're just going to put him on the shelf, like that is the way to do it. Well, that is going to be the route I'm going to have to go then because I don't care because I'll be pulling them out. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if you want to get a Skeletor, I mean, you can't get a Panthor, but you know, that's right. going to take a while, but yeah. Um, the, uh, but you can get a Skeletor in there and he's got a staff and everything. Yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, then we have, uh, we're still in the M's. Uh, we have Mo- right. we have Mossman. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I liked him in the Mike Young series. They did him more like a Swamp Thing. I was gonna say they, they made him his like abilities. A, yeah, they made him like the the protector of the green almost. Uh, yeah, definitely. So. Uh, and you know, I like that they were going for something. He had a different feel. He was all fuzzy, uh-huh. and so he definitely stood out from all the other ones. I like in the documentary how they were saying, like, we really wanted him to smell like a moss or something. They're like, he kind of smelled more like a pine air freshener, but <laughs> it's like, whatever. It kind of still smelled woodsy. Right. Like, I was like, whatever. <laughs> um, now, uh, char- we're out of the M's. Uh, a character, uh, <laughs> there's always that, com- the character they felt like, oh, we need that comic relief character that was never funny and never enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> And that was Orko. <laughs> yeah. Um, which yeah, I, did, I did have him as a kid. I did have the Orko figure as a kid. Yeah. Um, and he had a little what zip, a, zip thing that you yeah, pulled out. Yeah, was pretty spin around. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot. He came with one. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite episodes in any of the series, any version, the old Filmation or the, the Mike Young or whatever, mm-hmm. is when Orko is taken seriously where yes. you get something done right and you get a glimpse of how powerful he can be. Yes. And there are a few really good Mike Young episodes like that. Usually he's bumbling and he's kind of figuring it out, but whether it's done by accident or he combines his power with some artifact or something like that. Um, I really enjoyed that. Like I always thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Like I, you know, I, I was in a huge into those eighties comic relief characters, like a snarf or a Orko or yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. I'm like, 
you know, I was like, nah, I don't really need it. But um, I like the look of him. He had the, like that void for yes. a face. I like that they never showed his face. That was always kind of like done yeah. in like a hiding way. It's and almost then, like a um, Java. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that was cool. So um, so this is – there is one version of Oracle that I really liked. And like you said, I like I do like when they've taken him seriously. Um, in the DC Masters of the Universe comics in 2012, mm-hmm. they did a dark Orko. Uh, yeah, where it's all like purple robes and stuff. And yeah, it's really intense. Where yeah, so uh, I'll read the synopsis here real quick, but it just says when Orko faced off against the Skull of Power in the 2012 DC Comics, he became infected with the spirit of the Horde Prime, making him a mad and power-hungry demon without compassion or empathy. Using Skeletor as a pawn, this dark Orko sent him to Earth to steal that planet's magic. His plan was foiled by the combined forces of the Justice League and the Masters of the Universe. John Constantine sent or- Dark Orko to an undisclosed location. Oh, no. So was he called like Dark Orko, or was he called the like the Nameless One, or something like that, the unnamed one? They were calling him the unnamed one for a, a yeah, and then yeah, and okay. They, and so, so they never revealed who it was. They just knew there was someone behind the scenes and yeah, doing it. And it turned out to be Orko, but just infected. So they the classics did a figure of him, and it is awesome. Yeah, it is. Yep. So I have that, and it's like the design of it is really cool. We always just play. We play with it like he came from the same planet as Orko, because we play. <laughs> He-Man a lot, which is great. Yeah. It's one of the things me and my kids love to do. So we'll come up with this huge epic story. Sometimes they're months long by the time we play it all out. And one of them was that uh, this guy was a sorcerer. He was kind of he was vying for the power of Grayskull himself. It was kind of like new to the planet Eternia. He came from the planet Orko is from. And he's like one of the big bad guys. But anyway, so I, we we like playing with him especially. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know any of that. Nice. We were talking about uh, buffoonish characters earlier, uh, <laughs> and I don't think any character defines that better than uh, Ram Man. Oh, I love Ram Man! <laughs> <laughs> so good. He is probably the dumbest character on the good oh, side. Oh, hands down, he's just a meathead, <laughs> this guy. And it's just like, you know, now that, now that we understand... Uh, a little bit more the medical science of concussions. Right. <laughs> it starts to make more sense. <laughs> he was when your son- main power is beating your head against an object as hard as you can. I was say he's essentially the kid that put the bucket on his head and just kept hitting the wall, and he grew up being an adult <laughs> doing the same thing. <laughs> he's all like, "Hey guys, watch this." <laughs> but like that stopped being funny when you were five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he never caught on. Um. So, you know, yeah. as, a, as a figure, um, I liked that he was a different shape. I liked that he had the spring-loaded legs. I mean, it was a bit ridiculous in the show where you would just see him flying across the screen and yeah. we would just wait, ram his head into something. Um, but I do like <laughs> in the Mike Young that he, I mean, he was still dumb in the Mike Young series, but yeah. he was – they amped his strength like just as a, as a tank character. Yeah. And then in the classics line, he is enormous. Yes, like he, he is. is a hefty, hefty figure, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, going into uh, hey, oh, real quick, yeah, yeah. How's he per- how's he portrayed in the in the mini comics, Quinn? Is it something? Is he portrayed any differently, or is he just as dumb there too? Well, so it's interesting because they had him in one like the story where they introduced him. He basically was, and I and I don't think I ever read this when I was a kid. If I did, I don't remember. But um, but basically, He Man just kind of like comes across him, and he's like, hey, hey, what are you doing in my territory? And He Man's like, what? He's like, I just want to like the past. 
And he's like, no, I'll fight you. And He-Man's like, what? And so he attacks He-Man, and then and He-Man just, you know, like, knocks him out or something like that. And he's like, I didn't want to have to do that. And then Skeletor's like, I'm going to take advantage of this. And he's like, good. So when he wakes up, he's like, He's like, oh, hi, I'm Skeletor. I'm a good guy. He-Man's evil, and so you need to help oh, me yeah. break into Castle Grayskull with your ram head so we can get back and make sure that He-Man doesn't hurt anybody. And he's like, okay, that makes sense to me. And so it's so it's kind of, I mean, it's just kind of like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And and then basically Skeletor is making him ram the, like, uses his magic to force him to, like, hit the door over and over and over until he's just about to die. And then He-Man comes to stop him, and that's when he realizes that Skeletor is the bad guy, and so they team up and beat Skeletor, so yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Too cool. Yeah, that rings yeah. a bell. The story rings a bell. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, another S- Snakeman character, uh, Rattler. Yeah. Uh, he was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know much about him. I I can't remember what he, like, because each of the Snakemen had their own little power thing, and I can't remember yeah. what his was. I guess in a way, he was kind of like uh, Mecha Mech, because you twisted him and like his head just shot out on his Oh, that's head. right. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like he's like striking people, which is pretty cool and scary. And, right. And then actually, I remember when you shook when you shook the action figure, he had like rattling noise. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that was cool. <laughs> They're like, his name is Rattler. We need to make him rattle somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, another character that I really liked because again we talked about you know monsters and robots and all that type of stuff was Roboto. Oh, yeah. He was really cool. So there were lots of things that were cool about him. One, he had like three different hands. He had like an axe, a claw, and a laser gun. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And then the other thing was if you twisted his waist, if I remember correctly, his jaw would open and close. But the, but it was cool because like his torso was see-through, was was transparent. You saw the gears. Yeah, you see gears actually like spinning inside him, so that was like super cool. Yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. Had, uh, and I, I was just gonna say in the in the little mini comic, which I just read again the other day, you know, the whole idea was like he they gave him a man at arms created a heart for him, so it's kind of like the Tin Man. Oh, nice. And uh, but if but then like in the story, Skeletor like is able to get the heart out of him, and suddenly he becomes like this mindless, cold robot machine that he then, you know, Skeletor basically uses him for his dirty work. And and so the whole idea is like, you know, when his heart is in him, then he has human emotions and he's noble and everything. So actually it was just as a cool little touch with the action figure. I do remember that inside all the gears, they, all, they actually did include like a little red plastic heart inside him. Nice. Mm. Very cool. Well, you mentioned him, so might as well go ahead and bring him up, which is Skeletor. Yeah, man. <laughs> so I absolutely love Skeletor, and just yeah. as it turns out, um, I think I, I think I'm I'm loving him more and more as yeah. I get older, for whatever reason. Just yeah. as I like think back on it, and um, in the cartoon, it, you know, he's obviously bumbling, and I, you know, I, I like the documentary as they were talking about. Uh, you're like, man, how many times can we have He-Man beat Skeletor and him just not kill him? <laughs> and we're like, this is getting ridiculous. And, uh, but, and you, know, you couldn't ever have the bad guys win, you know, so right. that's why you have a Cobra commander that seems bumbling and you have, uh, you know what I mean, a, a, a Skeletor that seems like a, a buffoon or whatever. But, um, you know, anytime you get a sense of like how really powerful he is and dangerous he is, like it's always really cool. Yeah. 
Uh, and it's become a bit of a joke with me and my, <laughs> the students in my class about how much I love Skeletor. Um, because awesome. I'll show, well, I know, like, I'll, well, I'll show the video. I don't know. Have you seen that commercial where He-Man and Skeletor are dancing to the dirty dancing music? Oh, yeah. So it's phenomenal, <laughs> like, these bodysuits they put on, and the right. costumes are just awesome, and it's hilarious, and we all get a good laugh out of it. And then I, I watch, then there's another commercial where they where Skeletor is dancing through the streets to the opening of Fame, yeah. the 80s TV show, yeah, which is really funny. And then somebody dubbed over that again with the four non-blondes, like, uh, you know, what's going on <laughs> song. It's like, and he's all dancing. Um, and then so we're all laughing about that. And they're like, but have you seen the original? I'm like, oh, yes, I've seen the original. And then we put on the animated one. And uh <laughs> So then, like, we all get a good laugh at that. And then I have them do this drawing exercise where they're just kind of drawing dynamic figures and things like that. And eventually, at the end, I post up on the big screen for everybody to see, like, a character turnaround of Skeletor. And then I, I put up the picture of Skeletor as he's, like, laying down on his side. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure you've seen it. If, oh, you yeah. search, if you search sexy Skeletor, it's one of the it's first images that comes up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I post – and then <laughs> – so I post that picture up and they're like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, it's the best. And then uh, so I make them all draw Skeletor in whatever pose they had done, like an <laughs> underdrawing for. And then so but I, I have that picture because one time Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if you emailed it to me or texted it to me, but you're like, no, hey, I emailed it to you and I just had in the subject line and I said, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I opened it up. And my son, Connor, at the time was like four or five years old. And I open it up and it's just Skeletor laying on a battle cat skinned rug <laughs> in just like black undies. Yep. And, and bare chested and everything. And, and I was like, what the? And Connor's like, Dad, why is Skeletor not wearing clothes? And I was like, ah! <laughs> oh, I know, the, I know the image. It's been Yeah, exactly. Been yeah. I mean, all you gotta search. Just like Google search sexy Skeletor and Quinn will say you're welcome. Right. <laughs> I'm <like>, done. <laughs> so um, that image is burned into my son's mind for the rest of his life. But I loved how I loved how they developed him more as time went on. Like he was Keldor and um, oh yes, like all of that's awesome. I will say if you love Skeletor, you should well you should never watch these episodes ever anyways. But you should never watch the new adventures of He-Man. Uh, animated series because uh, Skeletor is so horribly done. He's got like googly eyes, and it's it's well, it's a bad cartoon, anyways. But <laughs> yeah, well, and they they barely touched on. It. I'm glad they didn't show much of it in the documentary. Yeah, but one thing I do like about the Mike Young is yeah, they definitely of all the characters that seem the most fleshed out. Yeah, Skeletor is definitely by far I think the one that they paid the most attention to. They gave him this great backstory where he's a half brother with King Randor. Yes, and um. You know, as as Keldor, and then he becomes Skeletor when he's kind of searching for that power. Uh, but I liked also that they kind of picked up where the filmation left off in a way where it reminded me of G.I. Joe Resolute, right? Where yeah. Cobra Commander was saying, like, you know, at times it it seemed um, as a, to play the fool, I was able to kind of, yes. you know, get places I wouldn't have been able to otherwise. But I'm done with that now. And he's like a pretty serious dude. And they kind of did the same thing with the Mike Young where he was like, you know. Uh, I've made mistakes in the past, but I've learned from them and all this kind of thing. So he was definitely a more serious threat in the Mike Young series. For sure. And uh, again, like I really love what they did with him in the MV Creations comics, uh, which are mm -hmm. probably my favorite Master of the Universe comics they've ever done. 
Um, yeah, I think so. For and sure. uh, they did a really great job of de- developing the character also in the DC comics that they had done just like maybe four or five years ago or so. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now we got another ridiculous character. Abs- I, I don't. He might be worse than Mechanic, uh, <laughs> which is Snout Spout. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything to say about this. Yeah. Yeah, strangely enough, in his little mini comic, he's like, he's like, I'm just useless. <laughs> <laughs> that, they took that story for the Meganek. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's he's the fireman for Eternia, and he's got the axe and everything because oh of that. Oh my gosh. Uh, so that's why he's got the snout spout. So. What I think is really sad is my sister Elaine. She has two Masters of the Universe classics figures: He Man uh-huh. and Snout Spout. Oh jeez. <laughs> She's like, I need to find more of these. I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. The I had two Staction figures, uh, which were the those. They look like s- statues, but they were like the action figures. I had Hordak and I had Snout Spout. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think in the 2000X series, you know, like that new line. Yeah. Uh, Snout Spout looked way cooler. Like, yeah. how can you make this elephant-headed figure look cool? Like, they did a better job of designing them there. For sure. And <laughs> with the classics line, you can get, you again, it comes with two heads. Yep. You can put a, pop on the cooler-looking one. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm learning all this stuff. Then we have uh, the Sorceress. Who, uh, uh, Sorceress is so cool. I always thought she was cool, yeah. And I forgot about this, but in the cartoon, uh, she couldn't leave Castle Grayskull. She would change into Zoar or Zor. Uh, yeah, the bird. the bird. Yeah, but then she didn't have power, right? So she could she could travel, but she wouldn't have her magic abilities because it was linked to being a guardian of Grayskull. Yep. Um, which I, I I love learning about the lore of this about yep. how Grayskull taps into like the energy source of Eternia. Yes. And that basically the core of Eternia is what fuels Grayskull and the power of the power sword. So when He Man says by the power of Grayskull. You know, his the power sword becomes a conduit yeah. through Grayskull to tap into actually the power of Eternia. I'm like, oh man, I just love all the lore and how everything's connected. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and tied I, into that, I love so how good. they in the documentary they talked about how He Man had part of the sword and Skeletor had part of the sword, so Grayskull was never really good yeah. or evil. It was, yeah. Well, that's how they kind of. Again, that all came about because they just designed the guy who came up with the name of Gray Skull, like his right. wife's maiden name was Gray, and he's like, skulls are cool, right. and then made a castle. <laughs> and then it was like, wait a minute, this is the good guys, and it looks like it should belong to Skeletor, considering he's got a skull for a head. Right. Um, and then we got to figure out why, you know, it's actually the good guys' place, you know, uh, headquarters or whatever. Yeah. And then I was like, well, that's a pretty neat idea. Like, all of that, it's like form versus function, you know, it's like it's basically influencing the design. Um, you know, uh, if maybe the design comes first and then the story comes after, or, yeah. but, you know, it's, it's neat to see how that comes about. Yeah. 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 Um, another character who I think is ridiculous, uh, cause he reminds, <laughs> me, of, he reminds me of a dog chew toy, which is uh spike or. <laughs> oh geez. I forgot about spike or. I loved spike or I thought he looked so freaking cool. <laughs> he really looks like something I buy at PetSmart. 
Well, I think I, I might have the classic version, and he's one of the few I haven't opened because I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, that's so crazy because he was like one of the ones that I thought was the coolest looking. Because just like, man, this guy's like covered with spikes. How are you supposed to fight this guy? Yeah. Well, and then he had like, a, and then his hand was a trident that when you like, when you snap, when you, uh, what was the thing? Like he had a spring loaded waist. So like when you spun him, it then it would open. like telescope out and oh, like okay. knock you over, you know? So I thought, man. Well, and then in the in the little mini comic that he came with, he could shoot fire out of that trident, and I was like, "That ooh, that's kind of neat. That's cool." Well, so Quinn, uh, Quinn, tomorrow we'll look through my garage, and if I've got Spiker, you're welcome to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, now on to a character who we talked about earlier, and I don't know what they were thinking when they were like, "Hey, we need to make him smell." Uh, Stinkor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought he looked cool. Like, like his color design really cool. Yep. Uh, they even gave him these creepy yellow eyes. But uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. And he he smelled really bad. Oh, no <laughs> yeah. I remember my mom was like, "Stinkor, what the heck?" You know. Right. Uh, very cool character in my opinion, and they really in the Mike Young they really developed his race as well, which was Stratos. Oh, man. Okay, so, yeah, definitely my top five. I love this guy. I think maybe because he was possibly either my first one. Again, everybody had in my family, you only had like one or two. Sure. Um, by the time you had all of us, that was like a dozen figures <laughs> very quickly. Uh, right. But, um, like, yeah, Stratos was mine, and I just I, I loved it. I, I played with that guy like crazy. Yeah. Didn't he also Sorry. have Beast Man's body? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You just put, okay. you just put wings on him. <laughs> Did he really? Uh, maybe. Well, I know he had like a fur, you know, it looked like he had a fur to his. I think to his legs. Maybe it was just his legs. Like yeah. Maybe it was just his legs because, um, well, and then by the time you take off Beastman's kind of like armor and stuff or whatever, the chest stuff that came with it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it might be the same body. You're right. Yeah. I, I just was. always think of, of Beastman being bulkier up top because of like his mane. But that was kind of all stuff he strapped on, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I never really, ha- I never had straight. He was one of the ones that we didn't have either, so wow. I never really had much of a connection with him. Yeah. I, I you didn't know, have him as a kid. I think it's really smart what they did with this line. It's just kind of to show the ingenuity of these toy designers. How, uh, you know, you change up like the the chest piece, you know, like the yeah. armor or whatever, or give him wings on his arms and. And how different he looks, like a beast man yeah. from Stratos, or uh, you know, to a certain extent, a merman and a stinkor. You know, just how a change of paint and throw on a different, you know, kind of main chest piece, and that is pretty smart. That's pretty New cool. character, yeah. I know yep. in uh, one of the uh, Patreon episodes, where I was where I was going through uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I, I meant, made a comment saying that Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles is one of those toy lines and properties where. They could almost do anything, and it wouldn't phase me. Like it wouldn't bother me at all because <laughs> that's a property that could just be as weird as it needs to be, uh, yeah, or, yeah. or as cool as it needs to be. And I feel like Masters of the Universe is the same way. Like you could put any type of character in Masters of the Universe, and yeah. as long as it's got kind of a certain muscle-bound look to it and everything, it pretty much works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real blast the cowboy, <laughs> the cowboy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, hey, wait, we must have skipped over him. Yeah, like, we, what are you doing, Ryan? That, <laughs> I, I said I was going to cover mostly major characters. <laughs> okay, well, that's true. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Um, he, he was one that I had a little marker in there for him, and I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we can pass up. Because I also passed up uh, Rock On, who is. Who, I don't yeah, know Rock On. Who I always, always thought was just a gobot, because he would bend over and look yeah. like a rock. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Pretty much. How about that guy? Yeah. Because they're like, ooh, kids like toys that transform. Well, here, we'll make this guy a rock, and he transforms into a person. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, okay. okay. Yeah, not as, cool. not as cool as a transformer. No. I uh, can only imagine his mini-comic is also him feeling how worthless he is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, then we have Cyclone. Ah, he's he's Connor's favorite. Oh, actually. really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just because of the color and the design. And he obviously looks... Way cooler in the Mike Young series, which was the first one that Connor saw. So. I feel like uh, someone had to be smoking something when they picked the color combinations for Cyclone. It is all over the place, man. <laughs> yeah. He was super cool, though. He like, spun his he spun. Uh, dial on his back, and he'd like spin around, and you could hit your sister with it. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Or, you know, yeah. Or the enemy. Or other, yeah, or other He-Man characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoever was closer. The, or the enemy, a.k.a. your sister. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we have a um, definitely major character who is awesome, uh, Tila. Ah, yeah. She was. It's awesome. funny they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Quinn were talking earlier about like our some of our earliest cartoon crushes. Oh yeah. And it was basically Tila, Lady J, and Chitara. Oh yeah. Oh man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm there with those all three legs. <laughs> I'm there for all three of those, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, but, I mean, she was a badass, too. I mean, it was, like, she was – I didn't really know a lot of superheroes at the time that all these properties were coming out. I knew, you know, mm-hmm. knew, um, Super Friends, and that was about it. Tila was really, like, what I felt Wonder Woman should have been. But then I found out later in the comics that is what Wonder Woman was like. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But in the cartoons, Wonder Woman was just, you know – she was cool in the Super Friends, but she didn't look like an Amazon, where Tila looked like an Amazon. Like, she looked like she could kick some serious butt. So, um, my fa- next is my favorite of the villains, which is Trapjaw. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. He's one of my favorites, too. Yeah. Um, and there's been some, I'm sure he has a number of different origins also. Yeah. I will uh, say my favorite origin of his is, is again, the MV Creations comic. Because he starts off as, you know, completely whole and mm-hmm. uh, as Cronus. And then he basically tries to challenge Skeletor and gets every part of him ripped off and knocked off. And then he, he gets rebuilt. Wow. So Yeah, it's way, way intense. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's vicious. It basically Skeletor just rips him to pieces. And you're like, oh, my gosh. And then he kind of rebuilds him almost like this cyborg. It was like subservient to him. Right. Wow. It, it just makes Trap John so much more intense. You're like, dang. Yeah. Wow. And it what makes you believe they... they could have done something with him later where, like, he would find a reason to turn against Skeletor because this is what Skeletor mm-hmm. did to him and everything else. So. Mm. Wow. Well, I remember him being just cool because he had, you know, again, like, well, Roboto was kind of like the good version of Trap because he had, yeah. like, the three different. Um, and my brother discovered this, that he had that little 
whole yes. thing on his helmet, and you could totally make him zip line down your stairs if you had a long piece of string. Oh, yeah. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, you get yeah. a nice oh, little fishing line or something like that. And yeah. I Which, feel like I completely missed out on that. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because it's like, and again, you know, these, these mini comics, that was one of the mini comics that for some reason I never had. So I'm reading this for the first time, but his, the way he gets introduced is he zip lines down with the thing through his head. And I was like, Oh my God, they actually had that in mind when they created the toy. Yep. I wonder if maybe it was on the commercial or something and that gave Troy the idea, but just like, you know, sometimes they would, have the kids playing with them, and you have a, a character enter in. They might, maybe they just threw him down a line or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Especially if that's how he was introduced in the in the cart in the comic. Then they were. Just, yeah. I mean, those comics were just advertisements for what oh, you could oh, do with oh, the figure. Absolutely, yeah. for sure. <laughs> uh, another cool character. We talked about him being one that could probably get stuff done, which was Triclops. Yeah, man, I like this guy, especially like his ability. Yeah. Um, or, uh, you know, his different abilities, just that he was kind of the tinkerer. He was like the man at arms for the bad the, guys. He's the antithesis to man at arms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I, never I mean, he was always the one who was creating like any kind of technology, technological, um, advantage that they had or some kind of like scouting device or recording device or, um, you know, but then, you know, he had that pretty sweet sword and yeah. his little kind of robot drone that would fly around. And he was pretty basic, too. I mean, other than having the, the visor thing, he was just really a, a dude. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, he wasn't, like, super strong or anything like that. So it was definitely his technology. But he had, like, these laser beams and yeah. x-ray vision and all this kind of cool stuff. Yeah. 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 So he kind of combined, like, a man he faces with a, a man at arms. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Uh, going back to the Snake Men, we just have a few, few here left. Uh, Tongue Lasher. I don't remember him. He, yeah. He was purple, and he had... Uh, he. Like push, you'd push some like lever, I think, in the back of his head, and his tongue would shoot out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like. the idea was if he laughed with his tongue, then you were paralyzed, and so that was kind of cool. And he looked, he kind of looked more like a frog than he did a lizard, but yeah, but a scary frog. Yep. Uh, then we have a character. I don't know why I like this character. I shouldn't like this character because he's also an idiot. But I just seem to like like this character a lot, which is too bad. <laughs> yeah, too bad. Queen, you got to yeah. tell your story. <laughs> so, so, so in the mini comic where they introduced too bad, uh, you know, his two heads were always like arguing with each other. Yeah. And so, so at the end, when the good guys rally against the bad guys, uh, he like he 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 dives to like oh it was the Roboto comic he dives to pick up Roboto's heart. And, uh, and the one head's like, I got it. The other head's like, no, I got it. And then the next panel is man at arms coming up behind him and smacking the two heads together. And he's like, wrong on both counts. And, uh, and I swear <laughs> that my sister like saw that. And I think that that's inspired her to take my little two little brother's heads and just smack them together. Oh my God. <laughs> and I think that that's where she got it. So, <laughs> so good memories. And then, and then they each became their own version of Ram Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Nice. Uh, another character who I probably shouldn't like because I don't like spiders, but I really like this character, which is Webstore. Yeah. Webstore, man, I didn't, I was not as familiar with him as a kid. Yeah. And then he is one of the coolest looking Motu Classics figures. Oh yeah. 
like the paint job on it, and he's got this working zip line of a, a web yes. line yeah. um, with a grappling hook at the end of it. So it makes it very interactive. Um, but his design just looks really tight. It just looks yeah. really awesome. I love it as a bad guy design. Yeah, and they and they really make him look creepy in the Mike Young cartoon. Yeah, definitely. He's way more spider-like and yeah. stuff. And then I like after we had the the classics figure and we were going through and watching all the the he, the old He-Man series, like the old filmation He-Man series. Me and Connor, yeah. we kind of did start to finish, kind of marathon the entire thing. And then I saw the ones with with Web Store in it. I was like, oh man. Because like, he's not nearly as cool in the filmation stuff. He's, oh, no. he's also kind of yeah. kind of bumbling and dumb. But um, so in my mind, it's the potential of his story based on like how cool the classics figure looks. Yeah, he's way cooler as a figure than he was in the filmation cartoon. <laughs> oh gosh, by far, yeah, yeah. Um, then we have a uh, Whiplash. Oh yeah, I forgot about Whiplash. I did like him too. Yeah. This is, by the way, uh, the nickname that the guys gave me uh, when we would drive to Baltimore. <laughs> yep. Uh, because I would, I had a habit of pumping the gas, so I would like hit the accelerator and then kind of lay off of it, hit the accelerator, kind of lay off of it, and so they felt <laughs> like they were kind of rocking, so they started calling me Whiplash. Um, I'm sure it's because it was related to Masters of the Universe and had nothing to do with their yep. necks hurting them. Oh, of course. No <laughs> That's crazy. Well, I do remember, like, I had him, and then that was where I found out what real-life Whiplash was, which this was, like, a play on that. And I, so my parents, like, explained to me what, what Whiplash really was. Like, well, it's when someone hits you from behind in your car, and this and this and this. And in my mind, I'm like, huh. I'm like, what does that have to do with this lizard guy? And it's like, absolutely nothing, except that it's supposed to be a play on words. Right. You know? <laughs> Um, but he was cool. You know, he was cool because he knocked people over the tail. So there yeah. you go. Um, one of the last characters here is uh, Zodak. Yeah. yeah, he was he was really interesting in the Mike Young series. He comes across as incredibly powerful. He was the one who was first able to trap King Hiss. And after he did that, he was kind of like a monk, you know, this kind of like cosmic monk. Right. And... Um, then when King Hiss escapes, he, he basically takes it upon himself to try and capture him again. But he, you know, is basically ready for him this time. And then you kind of see how big a threat King Hiss is. But I, uh, I always found him very interesting in the Mike Young series. Like he comes across as way more powerful. Well, and I will say too, shown. the Mike Young version is actually different than the original version of the character. Uh, the Mike Young version, they actually refer to as Zodak with a K at the end, and the original version is Zodak oh. with a C at the end. Uh, so it's, it's actually, like, almost two different characters. Uh, mm-hmm. huh. uh, but they're like guardians of the universe, uh, and it's it's almost like a police force, much like Green Lantern. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah, he's like a different race and a, and a different, you know, a similar helmet design, but that's about it. Yep. Yeah, uh, but uh, so that was the version where I was more familiar with him. I for, kind of forget his role in the old series. What? I think in the old series, he was one of those characters that they created and they like called him a cosmic enforcer. And I was like, what does that mean? And they were never. I think he was, again. It was one of those characters they created, and then they're like, we really don't have anything. Right. He was kind of like a Metron character because he would show up in the chair. Uh, Ooh, I remember that. Like, uh, yeah, like, uh, like the. New Gods from DC, he would be like Metron. Mm-hmm. He would 
show up in a chair and he, he'd always be like the wise, like he'd give this cryptic yeah, mystical like message advice. and advice and stuff like that. And then they would do whatever he said to do, or they would realize that they were doing what he he said to do all along and stuff. Yeah. Well, I remember as a kid too, it was confusing because you know, he was one of the very, very, very first characters that was released. But but sometimes he was listed as a good guy. Sometimes he was listed as a bad guy. Yeah. And so as a kid, like I am totally confused about this character. So, yeah. Yeah. I think the way that they, I, I do like that, that he was kind of the way they portrayed that in uh, the Mike Young series, for example, it was just that he was there to, he wasn't on anybody's side. Right. Like his, his job was to be this like kind of guardian of this space sector, I guess, in a way like with the green lanterns. Yeah. And, um, he didn't care who was ruling, you know, the seed of Grayskull necessarily, as long as you weren't doing damage to the planet. Right. And that was kind of like, or or involving the cosmos, and then that's when he would step in. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he definitely comes across as like incredibly powerful in that cartoon. Yeah. Hmm. Then uh, last two characters, I'm going to put them together because they're very similar to each other, which is Battle Cat and Panthor. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Battle Cat, I will say, is my second favorite Master of the Universe character. I just, I don't know why, but, and to hear how they came up with the, the character just cracks me <laughs> up. But I absolutely love Battle Cat. Battle Cat is just amazing to me, so. Why is that? Yeah. I, I, well, I always liked tigers, and the idea that I could ride this giant green tiger that could <laughs> talk to me was just like, as a kid, I was like, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, I remember like first time I ever saw He-Man was I actually have a clear memory of being a really, really, really little kid. It was Christmas morning. We went in to go see what Santa had brought us, and I had had no clue what these things were, but they looked awesome. And it was, yeah. you know, my brother He-Man. I got Skeletor, and I remember thinking, "Holy cow! What kind of a super awesome hero is this that he rides on a freaking?" giant tiger as a steed instead of like a right. horse, you know? Right. And so, yeah, anyway. And then, and the, I mean, just the, the way that they decided to design the armor, I was like, yeah. yeah, like, like the helmet does not look like a tiger face at all. It just looks really interesting and creepy and cool. And it just made it even more interesting and cool, you know? Yeah. Well, and like if you, and we were talking about the mythos that's been created since then, if you look at like, some of the stuff that he created, like for the like King Grayskull, he rode like a giant green lion. It's like a battle lion. Yeah, yeah. battle lion. So, uh, so I liked how they built all that, and and then you know I liked Panthers too. So you know the fact that Skeletor rode Panther, like I thought that was awesome. That it was basically you know you Battle Cat versus Panther. It just seemed to make sense that they yeah. up against each other. Um, I never had Panther as a kid. I still have not owned him. He's one that I would sure, certainly love to own. Uh, I did have Battle Cat as a kid, and I have Battle Cat now. So I have the DC mm-hmm. Classics, or the I'm sorry, the Master Universe Classics version of Battle Cat. So. Yeah, and that's an amazing sculpt. Yeah. Like it's so articulate, and it's like because you never had that as a kid. Like right. it was just a it was one a solid, solid piece, yeah. <laughs> one solid piece, which is kind of I mean you could still play with it, but like that new design is so well done, and the the battle line is also so intricate. Yeah, but like but uh, Battle Cat just looks so good, yeah. especially with the armor, all the armor on. For sure. So that uh, wraps up all the major Master Universe characters. Uh, oh, one last one. Yeah. One. 
<laughs> One quick thought on on Battle Cat. Yeah. I, and and most of this came up because me and Quinn were watching like 80s cartoon intros just the other day. And I have a thing. I, I'm realizing I do have a thing about when the creature you ride on is your friend. Yeah. <laughs> and then what kind of relationship that really is. Because what really brought it up is we saw the beginning of Brave Star. Oh, yeah. Brave Star. And they're like, he comes riding in on this mechanical horse. That then stands and then, up. <laughs> and then he like stands up. And they like back shoulders up against each other and wink at each other yes. a bit. And then and then his like, I don't remember Brave Star's uh, horse today, but he like pulls out this huge bazooka of a gun and starts fighting alongside of him. I'm like, you know, what happens after that battle? He's like, man, thanks. You really took out that last dude. That last dude. All right, transform back into a horse. I need a ride. And then you gotta be that horse guy, like just shaking his head, and be like, "Man, this guy just sucks." Like, you just, <laughs> and does Brave Star like own him? Like, does he own him like a horse? And if so, like, he's just like his, you know, battle slave. And he's like, "All right," you know, they're in there like after a big fight, getting drinks at the bar, and he just makes his horse like pay for it, and he leaves. And as soon as they leave, he's like, "All right, all right, transform up. I need a ride." And he's like. And the horse is like, two seconds ago, you're running as fast as a puma. <laughs> and you, now you need me to take you to the next town? Like, oh, what an a-hole. By the way, so, the, horse uh, is, the horse's name is 3030. 3030? Oh, I mean, yeah. That's cool. So then, that. I was kinda, then I was kind of – then I just thought of that as like, you know, Battle Cat and Cringer. Like, Cringer – you know, it's not like Prince Adam, like, rides Cringer around the palace. You know, just kind of like <laughs> – because he's so small. And right. he's, he's just his little pet cat. You know what I mean? Right. But as soon as he's Battle Cat, he's like, all right, I'm hopping on, Battle Cat. And he's like, oh, geez, you again. You know? What's funny <laughs> is that the harness just appears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, uh, can you imagine, like, so He-Man changes into, or Prince Adam changes into He-Man, and, like, and, and Cringer's like, wow, wow, he looks pretty cool. And then he shoots his blast at Cringer, and he turns into this huge cat. He's like, wow, I feel so powerful. He's like, wait, what, what's this on my back? <laughs> And then, boom, He-Man jumps up. He's like, oh, jeez, you know. <laughs> Out of nowhere, this 300-pound beefcake just jumps on his back. Right. Jeez. It's like, awesome. you are not my friend anymore. That's awesome. <laughs> Could you please put some pants on at least? I know. Right. Oh, jeez. Your inner thighs are there, just sweaty. There's it's definitely disgusting. nothing on underneath that loincloth. <laughs> He's like, thank goodness for the saddle. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like, I'm actually glad I have armor now. <laughs> so, uh, Quinn, uh, where can people find you, like, out in out in the world? In the wild. In the wild. <laughs> uh, well, like, are you talking like, like Twitters and all that type of stuff? You know, probably the best way to get a hold of me is just. My, my main website is mrwonderfulproductions.com. It's where I have all my portfolio of my, uh, my writing work and my comics, and my video game work, all that stuff. So that's, that's the best place to check out everything that I've been working on. So cool. Yeah. And, uh, Robert, how can they find you? Uh, both, mostly just kind of searching Robert Atkins art on uh, a lot of the social media platforms. I'm posting, I'm kind of back to posting every day on Instagram. So if you want to uh, keep up with the work I'm doing or even just me kind of spotlighting some past work uh, and uh, my Facebook page, you know, group page gets updated along with Instagram. Um, and then always just kind of email with uh, Robert Q Atkins at Gmail. Nice. 
Well, you can find us at uh, starjoes.com. Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook. There's a group page and a fan page. Uh, we're on Instagram where you can see all the comics that I'm reading and what I think about the ones I'm reading. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's Podcast. Uh, and you can call leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-J-O-E-S. Uh, leave us a voicemail and we'll respond to it on the air. You can also email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, there's the YouTube channel, which there, by the time this comes out, there will be some videos finally on there. Uh, and, uh, cause I haven't done any videos in a while. Um, and let's see, uh, and there's Patreon. So if you want some extra episodes, uh, of, uh, I just finished covering, uh, the rise and or the fall and rise of Hal Jordan, I, where I covered the three-part Emerald Twilight story uh, from Green Lantern, mm-hmm. and uh, also I cover previews every single month. And those previews episodes are kind of like the ammo dump episodes that we used to do, where I go through the previews catalog, but I'm also talking about what comics I'm reading that are coming yeah. out and what I'm looking forward to that's coming out. So that's always fun. Um, I'm always amazed when I'm done with those episodes that I talked for like an hour and a half by myself. Um, so I'm getting really good at that, unfortunately. <laughs> I think you were you were doing that before anyway, but you just put a record button on. Now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd sit there with smart. a, I'd sit there a with previews idea. magazine going, oh, I really like this. Okay. And I've been reading this. <laughs> um, I really like what they're doing with Spider-Man right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, you know, and it's been motivating me also to kind of get caught up on a lot of my reading. So because I. I want to have new stuff to talk about every time I go over previews. I don't want to just be like, okay, well, um, I'm still really behind on this title. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so you can actually access all the Patreon episodes. I'm up to, I think, 11 or 12 episodes now of that. Uh, and those that's $3 a month, and you can get access to all those extra episodes. Plus, it helps support the show. Uh, so I really appreciate that. Uh, with that being said, with the Patreon, I do want to thank the sponsor level people, which is uh, Jonathan Morgantini, who has the jo- Just Roll With It podcast, which is a Dungeons & Dragons take, uh, role-playing game recorded uh, in Middle Earth. Uh, we have uh, Ben Pinserga, who has Movies in a Meal, which he hasn't had an episode out in quite a while, but uh, there's still all the backlog of them reviewing movies in the past. And then we have Will Bell, who does Dudes in Toyland, which is a toy collecting and uh, customizing podcast. So nice uh, mixture of different uh, podcasts out there for you to check out. Uh, um, yeah, real quick, too. I yeah. just want to give a shout out to Jonathan Morgantini. He so my wife recently just needed to do a bit of fundraising to help, you know, kind of sponsor the kids in her fifth grade class. And he really stepped up like I was he was just so generous and uh, awesome you know, when it came to, came to that. And I just want to say thanks to him and, yeah. and, and I do really enjoy his podcast. So like awesome. Kudos to that guy. I want to shout out to him. Awesome. Uh, so with that, uh, Robert, I don't know if you'll remember how to close the episodes, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the force will be with you. Cause knowing us is half the battle. Take, hey! Hey! <laughs> Take care everyone. <laughs> <laughs>